Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. What's up? What's up? What's up, baby? It is a frisky Friday, as always. Thank you for tuning in to the Touchline Band Podcast. I'm your host from the Chorio, Leo, a.k.a. the Gutsy Greek, feeling extra frisky today because sports have started to love me again. It's true. They really do. We're going to talk about it all today. All right. And I am joined by the miserable Manchester United fan. Bri, you all right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I'm I'm super depressed about the future of, you know, the club that I love, but it's just how it goes. I wish there was something more I could do about it, but there's not. And so, you know, you got to just move forward and I'm excited for another decade of mediocrity and, you know, challenging for uh Europa League place. And hey man, listen, you know what the real problem is? I realized the real problem this morning. Racism? No, not at all. Uh, the real problem is the fact that we don't have enough listeners to this podcast where we can just go by Manchester United. So, you know, feel free to share this on all your social media apps, get more people to listen to it. And eventually we'll be able to buy Manchester United and who knows, maybe Brian will smile. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't need to buy it. I just need someone super wealthy to buy it. And yeah, I need someone you know. that's not going to keep in the fucking owners that have dragged this club down into the mud. But also, it's like you look at world football, and this is the biggest thing that I don't understand. You look at world football, and it's very clear where it's going. Unfortunately, it's just the way of it. But money rules all. That's how it's always been and how it will be. But I think that it's very clear in the Prem that we're reaching a new stage that it's not just about having money, but it's about the type of money that you have. It's about... It's, again, not just about being limitless, but being able to go after the things you need as soon as you need them, rather than trying to play some waiting game that ends up where someone else just swoops in and you have someone like Manchester City, for example, uh, obviously ownership that isn't worried about money, but they are also able to get the players that they need when they need them. Erling Holland is a fantastic example. They needed a number nine. They go out and get the best number nine that there is, right? And bring him in for ridiculous wages, but it doesn't affect them. Now you look at Newcastle, who's been bought by Saudi ownership. So they have unlimited wealth. They will be challenging for titles coming up here. Todd Bowley with Chelsea, granted he spent stupidly, but at the same time, it's a situation where they can spend what they need to to get to the right place. And now... With Manchester United going to someone like Sir Jim, who's going to send the club further into debt, who doesn't have the money to work on the stadium, which is literally rotting, who doesn't have the money to bring in the players that we need. What is the Qatari ownership that wants to buy Manchester United going to do? They're going to go and buy another club because they want a Premier League club. And it's probably going to be someone like Spurs. Maybe it'll be Liverpool. Maybe it'll be Arsenal. So then not only is Manchester United actively getting worse, we're 
encouraging another club to be on the level that city are at the people who are going to challenge city are not going to be the people like people say brighton is a fantastically run club it is this is one of i would argue their best season that they've ever had in their club history and they're not even top four so what's that say for clubs like manchester city like newcastle you know like chelsea where they don't have money problems and where you know i mean they're going to be challenging for titles and champions league over the next decade the teams that don't have the money can't compete unfortunately that's how it is and manchester united is being bought by a guy who doesn't even have enough money to buy 50 percent of the club he's taking out massive loans and what are loans debt so again like i said i'm sorry to all manchester united fans if this is true that sir jim is getting hold of the club but just be prepared for another decade of exactly what we've been going through mediocrity failure maybe get a fa cup here and there maybe get a carabao cup here and there hey we'll be in the europa league we can um you know choke at that but it's pretty sad yeah and you know what's funny i realized it late last night um when i read that the qatari ownership they were like okay you guys don't want us we'll go buy somebody else yep. and you just mentioned the team too and you know who it's going to be right gonna be liverpool liverpool is gonna be the one that's up for sale because john henry's broke as fuck because he can't even run the red Sox because he's so goddamn broke despite the fact he charges us 200 for a ticket you suck bag of a human you human corpse uh so the qatari ownership is gonna go buy liverpool and yeah i don't think they'll buy liverpool because john henry isn't gonna sell it john henry is like in the sense that he would rather continue to sink the club and own it than to give it up john henry's selling that club i i I have an inside whatever. I don't believe it when I see it, dude. People have been saying this for like five years. I, I I can tell you on a personal level, yes, he is intending to sell the club within the next two years. But neither Again, I'll correct. believe it when I see it. All right, cranky. But let's be more positive, shall we? Let's talk oh, about the yeah. real team of Manchester. The real team of Manchester, Manchester City. We're in the Champions League semifinals. Okay. It was just watching that first half. I have to tell you, people are delusional. Like these announcers, I genuinely like the announcers that we had for the game. They were delusional stating that Manchester City was dominating the first half. We dominated roughly 10 minutes of the first half and we're on our heels for the rest of the half. Okay. Um, but it was a perfect example of how just sometimes it just takes a moment of brilliance to change everything, man. Because down 1-0, I was saying to myself, shit, here we go again. We're going to find a way to blow this. They're going to break my heart. I really thought it was this year. And then all it took was one moment of pure brilliance from Kevin De Bruyne. And then there you go. 1-1. Yeah. Positivity. Going back to the ads he had. We talked about it on the podcast last week. Manchester City had one job. Don't lose that game. Don't lose that game. That's exactly what they did. But I also have some thoughts on the way that Pep Guardiola um, set things up. I think Kyle Walker is so confused right now, and he has completely quit on this team that he should not be on the field. Uh, If you look at the goal that we allow, Kyle Walker is running back. And with the current system that Pep has, where it's kind of John Stones as a right wing back that's coming toward the central defensive mid, I don't even know how to explain it, but you know what I mean. With John Stones playing in that role, Kyle Walker now doesn't understand where he needs to be because he hasn't played enough. Okay, so Kyle Walker, in theory, is the only person that we have that has enough pace to keep up with Vinny. The problem is he's dumb and doesn't know where the hell he's going, so he's utterly useless, 
leaves it completely open for Kamavinga, doesn't follow Vinny, doesn't cover Kamavinga, and he's just like, hey, listen, whichever one of you is in the mood to shoot, feel free, have a shot. Vinny absolutely rips it past Ederson. An absolute golazo, dude. Pure class from Vinny. Um, but that was 100% on Kyle Walker in my eyes. I mean, I don't know what he's doing out there, and he's a guy that just has a reputation just that can't perform in a big game. So what the hell are we putting him out there for? Put Mr. Potato yeah, I mean, on the bench. I think you kind of hit it with what you said about De Bruyne. I, I feel the same way about Vinny. It just takes a moment, and Vinny's goal was a moment. Like, I mean, yeah, he wasn't closed down fast enough, but I can also see how they weren't expecting that shot. Also, when you look at the difficulty of the shot, he was actually kind of falling away from it. It was just an incredible strike, and they, they, no chance to save I'm here for the. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm also here for the De Bruyne and Courtois headlines. You know the story about Courtois and De Bruyne, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm totally here for the fact that Courtois stole the goal, uh, stole De Bruyne's girlfriend, and De Bruyne is the one that gets it in. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome for him. I like. <laughs> I don't know. Footballers, who knows? They're all not all their sordid affairs. You can't really blame one or the other but i just think that it's a really interesting situation that city have found themselves in where it comes down to you know like we said it's all it's all one game now and that's such a different feeling you know what i mean like city did this against leipzig where they had a 1-1 game that looked you know i'm not going to say leipzig looked even but it definitely looked like like Leipzig might cause them a problem. And then they go out and smash them 7-0 at the Etihad. I I text you right after the game, like, I feel those vibes. Like, when you watch, I watched the whole game, and there were moments of brilliance from Real Madrid. There were moments where they looked dangerous. But the game as a whole, they were second best, for sure. And... I can see City going back to the Etihad, everything to play for, just absolutely putting it on Madrid. Um, Because I think Madrid also showed cracks a bit in terms of there's just not the swagger that there normally is about a Real Madrid team come on the semifinal of the Champions League. And, you know, I hope that we see it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm rooting for Madrid here. I just think logic says to me that City are going to put a wampin on them and uh, we're going to see them in the final against looking like uh, Inter, which will be interesting because, you know, it's like if it's going to be City-Inter or City, you know, is it going to be one of those situations where City win by like three or four or is it going to be a situation where they win by ten? Because <laughs> they're not fucking losing to Inter. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Inter game in a minute because I, I got some real thoughts. That was just a real personal kick in the dick from Inter for me. Uh, but no, just back to the Manchester City. Obviously, they're playing this week, the second leg. Manchester City currently minus 300 to advance to minus 165 on the money line. And I got to hand it to the books. Uh, really good line. Also, though, got to take a little bit of credit here. Credit to me moment. Hold on. Hold on. Did you just say it's minus 300 to advance minus 165 on the money line? That's such a wild discrepancy. Like, I know there's extra time and all that shit, but like, if you're thinking City's advancing and you don't already have them in the advanced market, just take them on the fucking money line. Because I'll tell you one thing City do not want this going to extra time. Holy shit. Nor do we want it going to penalties, by the way. 
Yikes. What? Could you imagine this thing goes to penalties? Again, if you're City, you you can't have that. You can't nope. have that. You absolutely can't. We'll penalties penalties are essentially a coin flip. And most of the time it goes to the team that kicks the first penalty, but it's a coin flip. And I don't care what players you have on your team. It's a fucking coin flip. I would say that if you ask me personally to take 10 penalties against Ederson, he, I, I guarantee you I could score at least a couple. Ooh. And I'm not a professional footballer. I play Sunday league with a bunch of 35 plus guys. I guarantee you I would score a couple on Ederson if you gave me 10 tries. Penalties are a coin flip. And for a better team, you never, ever want to go to penalties. And City is going to be shaking in their boots. I'll bet you we see missed penalties like skied if City goes to the fucking 10th. 100%. Um, Fun fact about the last time I took penalties, uh, I was working for a different company, and I was somewhere with the one and only Young Mantis, and Mm. we were in uh, Notre Dame. We were doing some promo stuff. We were doing a bunch of stuff. We were doing some content. And there were some kids playing penalty and Mantis is like, yo, I'm going to hop and go. Let's see if they can get it past me. So I was like, all right, I want to take a shot. So I rip a shot off the bar, hits the bar, hits Mantis in the face, goes in the goal. Last time I took a penalty. And you know what? For my soccer career, that's the last time I ever want to take a penalty. It's the greatest penalty I'll ever take. And I'm happy with it. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Last penalty I took uh, was a terrible penalty, but it went in. I fluffed the shot a little bit, didn't get the power on it to lift it that I wanted. Goalkeeper guessed the right way, and he put out his hands, and it just went under his stomach. And that's what I mean. Even a terrible penalty can go in. So, What position do you play? I play on the right wing. Ooh. Forward? Yeah. Lefty? Uh, no, but I have a decent left, and in Sunday League for you know 30-plus guys, having a decent left is like having a lefty. Wait, you're over 30? I am. Can you oh. not tell by the bags under my eyes and the, you know, no, knowledge that at one point in my life, I was living the best life ever because Alex Ferguson was our manager and we were winning all the time. No, the bags under your eyes tell me you have a kid and you're a degenerate. So that's true. Both <laughs> of those things are true. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about the other semifinal. We're going to preview all the action for Champions League, Europa League and Conference League after on Monday. So make sure you guys tune in for that. But let's talk about AC Milan, Inter Milan. Oh, my God. How bad is AC Milan? What in the world happened in that game where it was that big of a catastrophe 10 minutes in? Also, massive fuck you to me for somebody that had the under one and a half in that game where Mm -hmm. Inter Milan just come in, they shatter my dreams, they shove it right down my throat, and then just say, no, we're good. No more goals. We're, We're fine. Yeah. I was so yeah. insulted that that game finished 2-0. I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah, it was surprising. I mean, I had the under, so, I mean, that was expected, but I did not expect to see a 2-0 victory. In fact, you and I were both uh, higher on AC Milan than we were on Inter, pardon me, but it just looked like they didn't show up. It looked like they forgot that they had a match, and uh, before you know it, already down, and the rest of the game kind of just wrote it out. The rest, the majority of the game is exactly how we thought the game would go. Both teams kind of just sitting back and, and doing little jabs towards each other, but no haymakers thrown. I mean, it was it was pretty lackluster both ways. I don't see how Milan can come back from this. Uh, a, a two goal deficit and you're, you know, playing against a very solid defensive side. They're not a free scoring team anyway. 
I don't see how they come back from it. I think it's done and dusted. I would go back to the exact same bet for uh, the second leg and the under, because I think Inter are going to create one of the most comical low blocks of all time and not even bother going forward. I think it's going to be 11 men behind the ball the whole time. I couldn't disagree more. I still think AC Milan have a chance. Now, that's all contingent Woo! on being smart enough to actually put Rafa Leao in. Also, you can tell how good he is because, I mean, if anybody's watched AC Milan during the Champions League, whether it's knockout stages or group stage, you can see the difference. With that guy mm-hmm. on the field, he's a constant threat. He may be the fastest player in the world. Like, I, I, the more I watch it, the more I think about it, he may actually be faster than Mbappe. Um, he's big, he's strong, he's absolutely brilliant. If my heart was shattered when I heard that he had a contract extension with Milan because I really wanted to watch him um, go to a bigger club, whether it's Barcelona, Madrid, come over to the Prem. I want to see that guy in a bigger club. Um, he's so unbelievably good, and nobody really knows it because he plays in the city of uh, uh, for AC Milan. But that's that. 2-0, Inter, congratulations, great job. Uh, my credit to me moment, which I almost forgot. Uh, credit to me. How I dare you forget? I told you, Rudiger. I told you, Rudiger is going to be you the. You did say maker. that a hundred percent. Rudiger was marvelous, marvelous yeah. on Holland. Okay, 100%. Holland did not have a bad game necessarily. He didn't get much service. He didn't have a terrible game. Or if you want to, yeah, you can't. You can't really game, say someone had a bad game that just never touched the ball. Let me put it to you like this. If you want to say he had a bad game, it's because of Rudiger. Rudiger was fantastic that entire game. Hopefully, Carlo Ancelotti makes the mistake and puts Eder Militao in over Rudiger because if that's the case, hammer Manchester City. Hey, Militao cannot compete with Holland. I'm telling you now, if it's Rudiger, we may have a problem. Because, again, hats off to Rudiger. Brilliant. Credit to me for telling you that. That's the kind of stuff you hear on the Touchline Band podcast. But let's actually try to break down the games that are going this weekend because I feel like we could both use some extra money and, like, make some extra money. I feel like it'd be nice, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, let's start it off. 7.30. You know that this is my favorite slot, baby. Leeds and Newcastle. Newcastle's slight favorites. I think this line is insulting to Newcastle. It is mind-blowing to me. Um, Leeds showed me nothing. Leeds are the most confused team in the Premier League right now. And bringing in Big Sam, generally, I like Big Sam. I think he's got okay philosophies and he's got a certain style. It ain't for Leeds, folks. It ain't for Leeds. And Manchester City proved it in that game. Manchester City could have scored 10 if they were in the mood to. But luckily, we're a classy club that at least could keep it to three or four. Okay? Um, so, I'm looking at this game. You have to bet Newcastle. Newcastle knows this is their opportunity to just really take a stranglehold on that top four. Uh, and to get it at minus 145, I think it's a no-brainer. You have to bet it. I 100% agree. Uh, I think Newcastle is going to really want to get back to winning ways after a 2-0 defeat uh, to Arsenal. And also, in that game, if you watch, Newcastle had their chances. I think that they get back to scoring form here. I think that it's a bounce-back game in a lot of ways because also you don't want to finish your season on a downer. Yes, they're going to get top four, in my opinion. Uh, it's it's done and dusted. It's locked up for Newcastle, which is a great accomplishment. But at the same time, you don't want to go into the summer with a couple of L's um, you know, in your most recent rearview mirror. And I think that they're going to just want to take it to Leeds. And Leeds, Elland Road has not proved a very uh, difficult ground to go and play at. I think that 
Newcastle get it done in emphatic fashion. I personally am taking Newcastle minus one um, at plus 115. I think they win by multiple goals here. They've been scoring on the road. I think we see it again here. There we go. Next game is going to be Chelsea against the criminals, against the people that like to poison other people's teams, Nottingham Forest. Uh, I got to tell you, it's hard to bet Chelsea. I don't think I'm going to bet Chelsea, but I am rooting wholeheartedly for Chelsea to win this game by seven. Hmm. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I will not put money on Chelsea. They looked better last week in the sense that they scored three goals. But beyond that, I just don't trust this team right now. I guarantee you they're in this fantastic form just so that they can beat Manchester United when they go to Old Trafford next week. Um, but I do like goals in this game because Nottingham Forest on the road have been absolutely dreadful. I think that Chelsea could cover this by themselves. However, they've shown a little bit of vulnerability as well. Uh, I think that the over two and a half here is a solid play. It's not my favorite, but in this game, that is what I'd be looking at. Yeah, I don't really see an angle to bet this game. I mean, mm. I'm tempted to take the Chelsea minus one, but I've been burned by Chelsea so many times. Yeah. That I just Don't do it. It's not worth it. I can't do it. So personally, I'm just going to root for it. I'm going to hope that Nottingham just get everything they deserve for their piece of shit owner. Um, I really hope it's 7 nothing Because uh, for those of you that missed the podcast, uh, Olympiacos, the guy that owns Olympiacos is a well-known criminal. He's one of the most wanted men in Europe. He's a piece of trash of a human. He goes by his Nottingham Forest because he has unlimited amounts of money because he's a drug lord. Uh, and the drug lord himself decided to go poison Panathinaikos before their game to the point where the league had to postpone it because 16 players from Panathinaikos got poisoned. And then Olympiacos's beat writers write that they got COVID. They didn't get shit. Okay. They got poison. They got food poisoned. You dirtbags. Okay. And we end up losing it and cost us the league, but that's fine. Uh, thank you for allowing me to vent there. Let's move on. Austin Villa Tottenham here. <laughs> I, I'm still really sorry about that game, dude. Uh, Austin Villa Tottenham. Austin Villa still trying to push up. It's a big game for them. Tottenham just trying to make European competition at this point. I mean, they have looked absolutely atrocious. This is a spot for Austin Villa to actually move ahead of them in the league. Yep. Can Austin Villa pull this off? I don't know if they can, but I can tell you one thing that I do expect them to do is get some goals here. I like Villa in this spot because Spurs on the road haven't been, you know, anything to write home about. But more importantly, I mean, Spurs defensive record has been trash. Spurs are a tough team because just when you think they're down and out, they come out and win games that you don't think they will. But I just, I mean, they're they're a team uninspired. They're a team that I don't believe in. I think they are, like Chelsea, just waiting for the end of the season to get here and can't buy their tickets to Cabo fast enough. I personally like uh, Villa on the double chance plus both teams to score. You can get that one, pardon me, excuse me, at plus 200. Um I think that Villa can take care of business, but if we see something like a 2-2, two, 3-3 two, three, three draw, wouldn't surprise me either. So I'm taking that as my uh, bet for this game. Ooh. I really want to bet Aston Villa on the money line. I really, really do. Just because it's clear that Tottenham are done. They, they don't care anymore, and the players don't care anymore because so many of these players aren't going to be there next year. Richarlison's not going to be there. Harry Kane's not going to be there. It's uh, so Harry Kane will be there. Huh? Harry Kane will be there. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if you have a bunch of guys that are out there, and at this no, no, point, I'm saying he will be at 
Spurs next season. Oh, you don't think he's getting transferred out? No. Oh, I think you're crazy. I think I think he's long gone. I think it's done. I I genuinely think that Tottenham blow it up this year. I think Hugo's going to be gone. I That's think now what Dan Levy does, bro. I'm telling you, they're going to blow it up this year. This is the year. Like it finally Maybe. just hey. blows up, and I think the players know it. And the players at this stage of the season, if they're not pushing for the top four, I think it gets in their head that hey, I might be out of here come summertime. My main goal is not to get hurt. Um, and that's going to create lackluster effort. They're not really going to care. They're not going to push forward. They're not going to do what they're supposed to do. And you have Aston Villa where if Aston Villa can somehow creep into the Europa League, this has been an unbelievably successful season considering the way that they started. Yeah. Um, ton of momentum. I think you're going to see an inspired performance. Yeah, screw it, bro. Give me the plus 140 on the money line. I'm going to I'm gonna take it. I know I'm going to regret it because Spurs live to fuck me. Um. But I'm taking it, dude. It, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me anything I'm saying is wrong here. Like the no, thought no, I, I totally agree with the fact that I genuinely believe there is so much uh, that's just left the minds of players in a position like Spurs are, where you know you're not getting Champions League, and that's really the goal for a club like Spurs. Getting Conference League or Europa League is not it, and it. I can imagine the players don't really care. Um, but I don't think that you're going to see Spurs blowed up because that's not the kind of owner that Dan Levy is, especially after some of the comments players have made recently, namely Harry Kane. I think you're going to see a lot of the same players back. Maybe the old guy, like Lloris is gone. We know that, but he's also old and shitty. So whatever, Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see next season. But again, there's just this weird thing about Spurs that when you least expect it, they can throw a knockout punch. I don't think they're going to. That's why I've taken Bill on the double chance, but I do think we see goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a good call right there. Just a couple other side notes. Uh, Austin Villa did win 2-0 at Spurs earlier this year on New Year's Day when Spurs were tending upwards. Um, and Austin Villa have won five in a row at home. So, I mean, it's – yeah, I've convinced myself. Yeah, yeah. we're going for it, bro. We're going to swing. Uh, another game, probably the most meaningless game of all. During the week, uh, excuse me, during the weekend, Crystal Palace at Bournemouth. Don't want to spend a ton of time. I don't really have much on this game. I don't really care. I don't think the players are going to care that much. Credit to Bournemouth, though. I'm going to say it every week. Credit to Bournemouth. They got the hell out of there. They got the hell out of the relegation zone. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you nailed it, though, and this is one of those meaningless games. Both clubs are safe. Both clubs are not in European positions. The biggest thing players want to do right now is not get injured uh, before the summer. This is a situation where I just I don't bet games where there's literally not even there's not meaning for a single player here other than to not get injured. So I'm taking a total pass on this. I'm sure we'll see some kind of exciting, you know, two, two or three, one game because there's just very little defense being played. But no one has anything to play for here. Just when there's no motivation, why bet it? We don't have to. Let's not. Yeah. And. Before we get to the Manchester United Wolves game, let's talk about Southampton Fulham. Um, just to kind of scrape over this one, not much meaning. Southampton's basically booked their ticket down at this point. Yep. You have any Denzo. Sad. You got anything on this one? No, no. I mean, I, I the thing I do like here is goals. I actually like the over one and a half because, yes, whilst I just said I don't like games where two teams are playing for nothing, Fulham kind of seems to have a chip on their shoulder. 
a little bit. And even though they're not playing specifically for position, I think that every single, and I'm not joking about this, I think that uh, Palace, in a certain sense, Brentford, Fulham, Spurs, everyone, uh, including West Ham, of the London clubs are playing to beat Chelsea. I think it's something in the back of their mind. Um, and so I think Fulham are going to go for points here to kind of put that to bed. Uh, it's not often that Fulham in recent years has been able to say they're better than Chelsea over the course of a season. Um, so I think that Fulham's going to go for it. I like goals in this one, especially Southampton at home. Good Lord. It's been tough there. Um, so give me the Fulham team total over one and a half. You can get that at plus one twenty eight. Yeah, there you go. Uh, my best player prop. I'm I'm not gonna put this as the best player prop. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention this. If we look at the lineups tomorrow, because Mitrovic is officially eligible to come back. If we look yep. at the lineups tomorrow and see Vinny starting, uh, I would say Carlos Vinicius to be the first goal scorer. He's been excellent. Uh, he was a tremendous goal scorer at Benfica. He mm. obviously fell off a bit, but if he starts this game, I think he's gonna have a real point to prove with Mitrovic on the bench. Uh, so I would take Carlos Vinicius to get the first goal. Uh, it's You can find a decent price at it right now. But if it's Mitrovic, obviously just stay off it because Vinny may get 20 minutes at most. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Let's move on, baby. Manchester United, Wolves. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a little in-house rivalry for you guys, isn't it? Not really. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to be a rivalry when you're at such different uh, ends of the spectrum, but recently it's become much more of a rivalry because of how shit United have been. But yeah, I mean, I like seeing Wolves do well because they are uh, my wife's family's club, but in this one uh, I'm siding with them. And I think it's very clear what you have to do if you are a neutral or you are um, someone that has been following the league Wolves uh, on the double chance here at plus 200 is just a lock. Absolutely. I mean, Manchester United have been playing like absolute shit. They haven't been able to score goals. And now Marcus Rashford isn't playing um, due to injury that he picked up in training. Where are your goals coming from? Uh, the way that Wolves set up is a low block. So they invite pressure. Manchester United are really only good on the counter when it comes to attacking prowess. They're not going to be able to counter very much. They're going to be susceptible at the back to, you know, the, the taller players that they have on Wolves that that's how they get goals set pieces and that's what we're worst at defending i think that you absolutely have to take wolves on the double chance plus half a goal plus 200 i mean that's a fantastic price i i am a manchester united fan we have to win this game we have to win these games it's at old trafford we need the points to try and get into the top four but i just don't see it our form has been so shit we haven't been able to score goals it's been abysmal and that when you don't have the attacking ability to make shit happen you get hit on the counter by teams like Wolves that live for that. And if you're going to tell me one goal is going to be scored in the game, I would bet it's Wolves. If you tell me there's four goals, I bet United win 4-0. But if you tell me there's one goal, I would think United lose because it's going to be a counter-attacking goal. And United have been struggling. And their main man up front, Marcus Rashford, is not playing. So you're going to have Garnacho's back. That's fantastic. But you're going to have some combination of Garnacho, Veghorst, Sancho, and Anthony. And, you know, 
I love Garnacho. I think he's a fantastic young talent, but he's young and green. Veghorst is literally playing with 10 men. Sancho is kind of, you know, a shell of himself. And Anthony, we know exactly what he's going to do. Take distant shots from outside the box on his left foot. Where are these goals coming from against a side that lives to play defense? So I think a nil-nil is the most likely outcome to me. Uh, if you're wanting to bet that, you can get it at absolutely uh, fantastic price. I actually have a little sprinkle on it. I got the nil-nil at um, 1,500 uh, plus 1,500, so 15 to one. Just a tiny sprinkle, but for me, it's Wolves plus half a goal at plus 200. I mean, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to like hedge emotionally here, but the logic, the statistics, recent form, all is pushing to a nil-nil or a Wolves one nil one. It's hilarious that you just broke the game down like that because, um, first of all, I agree with you. I I love the under here. You can get the under two and a half at plus money. To me, that's a no brainer. You have to like play. they're they're acting like it's Manchester United of old or Manchester United of you know a, a month ago or so, but. We like, like, like I just had it up here. I'm sorry that I've put it fucking away. So bear with me for two seconds. In our last six games, we've scored three goals, four goals, excuse me, in six games. Now that may sound okay, but blanked by Sevilla, blanked by Brighton in the FA semi cup or in the semi cup final, semi final of the FA Cup, blanked there, one on penalties. Let a two-goal lead slip at Spurs, won 1-0 at home to Villa, didn't score against Brighton, didn't score against West Ham. Those are must-win games. Now, Wolves isn't as good as, you know, Brighton or Villa. I'd say they're probably about on par with West Ham. I just, I don't know where books are thinking this is going to be some blowout game, especially now that Rashford's out. I mean, I just, I'm preparing for the inevitable, and it's just so sad. The funny thing is, is like I said, I'm going to take the under two and a half. I think it's great value. We agree on it 100%. Uh, it's funny that you said if there's one goal scored that it's going to come from Wolves because I actually played the exact score in this game, one nothing Manchester United plus 750. <laughs> Who scores? Who scores? Who scores that? Anthony. Brilliant okay, left great. goal. I, I hope to God you're right. I hope to God you're you right. You look really like you need a win. You, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely... I got to tell you, dude, I'm really rooting for the Warriors tonight, and I'm really rooting for United tomorrow because I need you in a peppy-ass mood on Monday. Like, you, you know what? Winning your life. United, United is all self-inflicted wounds because of our owners, right? With the Warriors, it's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into because this is a soccer podcast, but I just like – I personally don't like LeBron, mm-hmm. but I understand his greatness. I don't understand how – Unless you live in LA, I guess, how you can be a fan of Lakers basketball because the way they play is just so awful to watch. So now being in a series against that, it's just like, uh, it's so taxing to watch because it's just constant stops in the game for fouls on ridiculous shit. Anytime that anything happens, Lakers get all upset about it and they're all screaming and just... Holy Lord, it's a tough watch. And I fucking hate the Lakers because obviously they're giant rivals for me personally. But I, yeah, I really hope that boys from the Bay show out tonight. Anyway, yeah, I think you're spot on. I see under, I see nil nil personally. Here we go. I see London. I see France. I see Sir Radcliffe's underpants. 
on his way out the door, I hope. But Boom, bitch. Let's talk about the real team in Manchester now. Manchester City chasing that beautiful, beautiful treble. Uh, this is probably the easiest game that we have left on our schedule. Uh, it is going to be Everton at Goodison Park. People think that Everton have turned the corner after the way they laid it on Brighton 5-1. Manchester City will without a doubt shut the people up but i gotta tell you i think this one's gonna be fairly tight throughout um mm. i do i think it's gonna be tight i don't think it's ever gonna be in doubt for manchester city i think we come out get a quick early goal keep it one nothing for a while kind of similar to what we did against Leeds, uh where it was two goals i understand but it's gonna be one of those things pep is gonna send out a couple guys say go get me an early goal so we can relax a little bit because we have a big game on uh tuesday that is the only thing that matters to this team, or is it Wednesday? Whatever, either day. Uh, we have a big game coming up. I need y'all to focus. Get your head out of your ass. We also have a little bit of breathing room in the league right now, courtesy of Arsenal's incredible bottle job. So I'm looking at this one. I'm going to play the under. I think Manchester City are going to keep a clean sheet. I think this thing is going to stay under two and a half goals. Um, I don't expect this to press forward and burn a lot of energy, and I also expect a very rotated side. Interesting. A very rotated side, I would 100% agree with. Yeah, I I think that you're going to see a rotated side. I do believe that we're going to see, you know, something that's overall unimpressive um, from, you know, I, I just think that this game is going to be a blow. I, even with a fully rotated side, fully rotated side, I cannot see this being anything but an absolute blowout. Um I just think City are better. It's just how it is. It's how it's going to be. I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm just trying to be honest. And when you look at Everton, what about them inspires you? I mean, you know, they've been giving up loads of goals recently, but Sean Dyche is supposed to be this incredible defensive minded, uh, you know, manager that we've seen for so long at Burnley doing that. He came here first couple of games. That was it. In the last few games, they've been giving up a bunch of goals. And then you come up against Manchester City side that wants to win the league as soon as possible so that they can do things like rotate and rest players. I mean, I think City on the spread, just minus one and a half at plus money at evens. Absolutely. Yep. I'm 100% with you. Um, wait, what did you just take on the spread? Minus one and a half. They should. They should win this game too now. Uh, I would probably use Manchester City as a parlay piece, but that's just me. I would also look at Julian Alvarez. If there's no Hollands, I would be all over uh, Julian Alvarez to score a goal at any time because I do think that he plays a good amount. But let's keep things rolling here. Brentford, West Ham. West Ham can suck one after their performance in the uh, Conference League. They're up against Brentford. Brentford's still pushing, right? Like They still have an outside chance of getting into Europe. I still think you're going to see a team that's just pushing and flying and doing everything possible to get the maximum of nine points, hoping that somebody somebody um, fluffs up, right? It's a word to use. Uh, West Ham, they're safe. They're good. They know that they're staying up. So uh, I think you're going to see an inspired effort from Brentford. Brentford to win this game at plus 110 is a no-brainer for me. Um and again, I wonder if we're going to see a lot of players. I wonder who's going to play for West Ham because if you look at their lineup on Thursday, they were going for it. Yeah, they were. You know who else they went for it against? Anyway, um, I agree with you. I am not inspired by <laughs> not inspired by Brentford's recent form. Um, they've just kind of been a little bit off the pace that they started the season with and have had most of the season, but. 
at home, they've usually been fantastic and I'm willing to back that. I'm not going to take them on the money line because I'm getting a better price on their team total, which I definitely think uh, we will see here against, like you said, a rotated West Ham side that is playing for that Conference League title. So give me Brentford team total over one and a half at plus 108. There we go, baby. All right, let's keep going, baby. Arsenal, Brighton, Brighton were absolutely shellacked on Monday yeah. uh, by Everton. It was an embarrassing performance, tough, painful to watch for their fans. Uh, now they go up against Arsenal. Ar Arsenal obviously favorites in this one. Arsenal need a win to have any semblance of a chance to keep this thing close. Uh, Brian, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think it's um, going to be tight. I think it's going to be a situation where Arsenal does what they do best in allowing people to score at the Emirates, but should be able to score more than the other teams. So I love both teams to score here. I'm never taking that at minus 200. So I'm taking it at a pretty juicy price for this prop. Usually um, I'm taking both teams to score an over two and a half at minus 135. Uh, it's a little juicy, but I think we see over. I think we see multiple goals from both teams. And if I was a little bit more confident, I would say Arsenal to win in both teams to score at plus 195. But I'm willing to eat that juice because who knows what the hell is going on with Brighton in this one. Uh, so give me the both teams to score in over one and a half. Yeah, it's a clear cut. Stay away from me for sure. Um, Arsenal should dominate this game. I have zero confidence in Brighton after the way that they performed on Monday. Mm. That being said, how can you possibly have confidence in Arsenal? How can you have confidence in Arsenal? Arsenal on the money line should be the play. For me, I have no ambition to bet this game. I'm going to enjoy it and hope Arsenal kind of gift us the league because I think it's pretty clear. If they drop two points anywhere along the line, this thing's over. Yeah, I would say I would say that is 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> Big game on Monday. You want to talk about Leicester Liverpool now or Monday? Um, I mean, peak I we can talk about it now. It doesn't bother me, but right, we'll we'll save that for Monday. We're nice All right. Come back. Right. Yeah. I doing a bunch of bets over the weekend, and then we can uh, talk. Before we go there, I want to talk about one last thing. It's in the English Championship, the semifinals. I could not be more excited for this. Uh, Sunderland, get your ass back to the Prem where you belong. I'm so happy that they snuck in. They have a decent enough chance against Luton Town. Um, Oh, man, I really hope Sunderland get through. I want to know, who do you have getting through? Sunderland, Luton, Coventry, or Middlebro? Uh, I think Coventry is the biggest threat, if I'm honest. But, I, I mean, I have to say Middlesbrough 100% is what I want. Absolutely, 100%. What Michael Carrick has done there, obviously, a United legend. But what Michael Carrick has done with that club is absolutely insane. Um, and it would just be a fantastic story. I mean, like just literally brought in in the depths of depths in the deepest darkest hole uh Middlesbrough and he's completely revitalized turned that club around been a fantastic manager gotten them into this point and I think to see them get over the line would be just a great story obviously I'm biased as a United fan but overall I mean you love to see it. it's like that Leicester title was incredible because it'll you know never happen again let's be honest maybe once every 50 years that shit will happen and granted this is obviously on a different you know it's not as huge but when you see a club that's just dead come back to life and do what they've done this season is fantastic big shout out to michael carrick for what he's done i want to see them get over the line yeah um i'm all over sunderland here i think that the team to advance is going to be either sunderland or luton town i don't give coventry much of a chance 
honestly, I enjoy watching Middlebrough. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. They have a very up-paced uh, mm-hmm. style. I don't see them getting through. I just really want Sunderland back, dude. They're such a like. Is it is it weird if I call them like one of those top teams? Like, not they're not necessarily. I mean, they top they were in the prem for so teams. long. Yeah, I mean, they were in the prem for so long that when we were growing up, you always saw them on the table. And especially like for me personally, Steve Bruce being there for so long, you know, I, it made me like Sunderland more. Um, but I look at them as a prem club because when I was really you know, my brain started remembering stats and clubs and all when I was that when I was young, you know, they were always there and they've had some great players go through there as well. So it'd be great to have them back. There we go, baby. All right. Let's talk about some best bets. I'm fired up. Uh, I'll leave this one off with my best bet of the weekend. Yes, we're laying juice, but it's got to be Newcastle, dude. Newcastle mm. is the play. There's no doubt about that. it for me. Minus 145 on that money line. Sign me up. Daddy's ready to play. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to jump ahead really quickly because might as well talk about it now. My best parlay um, is going to involve that as well. It's Manchester City and Newcastle, both minus one on the Asian handicap. You can get that at plus 232. It's not wild, ridiculous uh, prices, but at the same time, I'm so confident in both these teams to be able to get very, very solid and uh, emphatic victories here. So I think we see both teams win by multiple goals here pretty easily. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, my best parlay is going to be a fairly simple one. I'm going to take the Manchester United Wolves under two and a half, and I'm going to parlay that with Brentford on the money line. Not a huge number. It's going to be around plus 330, but you know what? We already talked about it. I like this. I think Brentford's going to come out. They're going to battle. They're going to do the right things. And Manchester United, you already alluded to it. No Marcus Rashford. Who the hell is going to score? I'm just hoping it finishes one nothing, and it's Anthony that gets the goal. Um, but Manchester United, they've been very good defensively, uh, especially with Luke Shaw playing center back with uh, Lindelof. They've been exceptional defensively. Wolves are a team, you talked about it, they're going to play the low block. They're not going to allow it to be a real free-flowing game. So give me the under two and a half there. Uh, so that is my best parlay. Now, my best player prop, daddy's going back to the well, baby. Going to Ollie Watkins. Go get me a goal, bro. I haven't done it in a couple weeks. And this Spurs team is just leaking goals. They can't stop a nosebleed at this point. And whether it's Hugo Lloris or it's Frazier Foster, it doesn't matter. They're letting in at least two, three goals here. Give me Ollie Watkins plus 150. The man's been a machine and has paid me very well. I love Ollie. Hey. There you go. All right. Um, My best bet is actually going to be going to that Fulham game. Like I said, I think that they want to come out here and get this W, especially with this being Mitrovic's first game back after uh, eight game suspension. I think that they're going to come out firing against a side that just gives up goals. They have been absolutely terrible. There's a reason they're in the position that they're in. So give me the Fulham team total over one and a half at plus 128 as my best bet. And then for my player prop, it's actually going back to that Manchester United and Wolves game. Now I went back and forth here deciding who I'd take um, because it's, you know, it's one of those things where I want to get the right call, but I just can't get away from it. I'm going to be taking uh, Anthony over one and a half shots on goal at plus 175. I think that this is just one of those situations where you have to ride the data and the data says this freaking guy loves to shoot. I watch every second of these games. He will shoot 
anytime he gets the ball, he's always looking to do it. And without Marcus Rashford on the pitch, he's going to be given a green light like never before. Uh, the last time this was my best player prop, he had seven shots, only one on target, which is annoying, but seven shots last time we had a similar situation to this. I think we see very much the same. And I will tell you for what, if he doesn't put at least two of those on fucking target, Dear Lord, he's going to get an absolute ass kicking from the fan base and from, I'm sure, Eric Ten Hag as well. Because if you're going to shoot, at least make the goalie work for it. There you go. All right, everybody. It's been another episode of the Touchline Band Podcast. Be sure to join us on Monday because Monday we're going to be talking about Champions League. Am I actually going to bet AC Milan to advance? Plus 900? Am I actually going to do something so absurd? Is Manchester City actually going to do it this time? Are we going to manage not to fuck this up? Join us Monday. We're going to tell you.